What's up, y'all? I am your host, Trey Malden, and this is the Hooper's Hustle. On today's episode, I get to sit down with a true grinder. So sit back, relax, and learn a little bit. All right, we're here with our special guest today, uh, Kenny Farr. I'm going to let him introduce himself. What's going on, everybody? Um, glad to be here. Excited and uh, just really appreciative of uh, Trey and uh, everything he's doing and uh, just being able to be a small part of it. So, Kenny Witt, uh, let's, let's take it all the way back first. We ain't going to tell him where you're at now. <laughs> all right, we're going to go all the way back, back to the Cal State East Bay days, 2011. Uh, tell them a little bit about your college experience, your college hoop experience, just real briefly, and what going through that process, where your mind was in terms of your dreams and what you wanted to accomplish in college and then moving out of it. For sure. Um, going to Cal State East Bay, um, I got to Cal State East Bay, and uh, I actually was not on scholarship. Um, I walked on. Um, and so I consider that a huge blessing that I was able to go on to play all four years, um, to travel and to literally have the full college basketball experience at the NCAA level. Um, I loved it. I have so many brothers, uh, because of that. And that made me a big part of who I am today. Um, so that was huge. Um, basketball was always important to me, um, playing at Salesian, um, being on that first state championship team. Uh, for Salesian in Richmond, um, I developed a passion there. I played around so many other people, so many other guys who knew they were going to go to play college. I developed that passion to want to do that as well. Mm-hmm. So getting to Cal State East Bay, um, it was a blessing for me. It was the perfect opportunity for me. Um, playing as an undersized big um, taught me a lot, made me have to work extra hard, and uh, I wouldn't go back and do anything any differently. Um, Loving basketball as much as I did and having the passion that I had for it, I had always growing up had a passion to be a teacher and to go into education and want to help kids. And even in basketball, um, I never lost sight of that. And so while I was at Cal State East Bay, I my degree was in liberal studies, which is what you study when you want to go on to be a multiple subject teacher. And um, it was always it was always great at Cal State East Bay. Uh, I remember being at my freshman orientation. And everybody had to declare a major. And a lot of freshmen are, like, confused or, like, not knowing what they want to do. I was like, where do you sign up to be a teacher and be in education? So it was always something I had my head toward. And um, it just ended up happening. So uh, I'm really appreciative for those four years um, being an athlete um, and being at Cal State East Bay. So let's go to your orientation and let's discuss some steps that you went into. So you knew you wanted to be an educator. Yeah, um, always. You found out, obviously, Cal State East Bay had a liberal studies program. From there, uh, break down some steps that you went through in terms of, okay, now I'm in college, I have my little liberal studies major, and so what went into, okay, now what do I got to do to actually be one? Like, right. what are some things that you wrote down or how to actually go through? Right. Um, once I got that degree at Cal State East Bay, um, it kind of all really just unfolded from there. Um, that fall, I graduated um, in the summer of 2014. That fall, I actually ended up going back to um, St. David because I ended up enrolling in a teaching credential program in St. Mary's. They have a program 
to where um, you gain your teaching credential and your master's degree in teaching in a dual program. And so, so Paul's right there. Hold on, <laughs> you're telling me you got your four-year degree at Cal State East Bay, then went to St. Mary's, was getting your master's, and you started to teach at the same time. At the same time. At the same time. Okay, I just wanted to make that clear, Dora. Listen, <laughs> real fast. Keep, continue. Continue. I started. I graduated from Cal State East Bay, and. and I don't even know why I still remember all the dates. Graduated from Cal State East Bay <laughs> on June 14th. Started at St. Mary's on June 16th. Took some summer courses. And then that fall um, is when the like heavy courses start. And you have to pick a student teaching placement. Um, it's a funny story behind that. I'll make it short. Um, get to Saint, You get to choose where you want to do your student teaching at. So me being me, I'm like, oh... I went to St. David, so I'll go back there and, you know, see if I can do my student teaching there to, like, be, like, being back home. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, uh, hit up the principal at the time and asked if I could. He was happy, um, that I reached out to him. And so I got a student teaching placement in August, that fall. That October, the actual teacher of the classroom is diagnosed with cancer and had to leave for the school year. <clears throat> the principal looks at me and says, I'm, mind you, I'm 22 years old no teaching experience whatsoever besides <laughs> that little two months of student teaching I've been doing. He was like, do you want to take over the classroom? And um, at the time, I had 20 students, and I wasn't going to let them be without a teacher or have a bunch of inconsistency in their teaching. And so it, it was crazy. I'm thinking, go to school full-time um, and work in your first year of experience. But um, I wasn't going to let those kids down. Yeah. And uh, it was an easy answer. And so I, that's when I ended up being the sub- and then from there, it just took off, and I ended up getting a teaching spot there. So you're teaching. You finally finish your master's at St. Mary's. So uh, I actually went to that graduation. I remember that. Uh, after that, now you're a full-time teacher. You're doing your thing. You have accomplished your dream. After all the adversities, after all the grind, you're there. But how old were you when that happened? At this time, we're looking at, I'd say, about 24. By the time I finished all the schooling and finished with the masters, twenty-five. Mm -hmm. So, twenty-five. <laughs> so he's accomplished his dream at twenty-five, <laughs> and it's because he had a set plan. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. But this is where I admire Kenny the most because not only has he accomplished his dream, but now he's taking other things and running with it. Now he's evolving. Not only did he want to be accomplish his dream but now he wants to be the best teacher he can be and that's opening up some doors we'll talk about later but let's talk about you being the best teacher you can be okay so how are what are some things that you do daily to make sure you can be the best teacher you can be every single day in every thing that i do and this is just i don't know it's just something that comes natural people always say when it comes to teaching and working with kids either you have it or you don't and um, uh, like you said, this has been a passion that I've carried with me. I, I could go back. Literally, I'm in first, second grade. I'm sitting there taking notes on what the teacher's doing wrong. Like, <laughs> I've always wanted to help children be an educator and be in this field. And so now that I have that opportunity and I'm actually doing it, um, everything that I do, I'm giving 200%. You can't let up. You and, and I don't want to say it comes natural because you it's days where you don't want to get up. You don't want to put that work in. You don't want to uh, 
research what you need to to make sure that you get that lesson right or make sure that you look at what, what's going on with that student and look more into it so you know to how to support that student. I could go on and on about that type of stuff, but it, it, you have to be willing to put in 200% in everything you do. Um, it's not enough to just be average. And I've never been okay with just being average when it comes to teaching and when it comes to education. And so that's the biggest piece. And then you just got to love these kids because it's so many kids who don't have that at home. Yep. And we think as adults, we're going through stuff. These kids are going through things and they don't know what they're going through and they don't know that they're going through something. And I was always one. My classroom has always been a safe space for students to come and know that they're going to feel loved, they're going to feel appreciated, and they're going to be validated for who they are. And um, I think I think that's just carried um, me a long way. I love the relationships I have with the kids, with the staff, um, and just with just anyone who I've come across in the education field. It's just been amazing because I, I just never lose sight of loving what you do. Yeah, which is something I hit on last week because I just had a feeling that you would talk about it. <laughs> um <laughs> And this relates back to our hoop days, right? Like, we never took those days for granted. I remember your senior year. That's something that you preached upon. It came so fast. And every day you just wanted to make that day, you know, last as long as it could. You wanted to give as much as you could that day because you know you don't have that day back. Right. And from that, I've seen the transition for you doing the same thing in education. Like, waking up 5 a.m., getting to school what time every morning? 5.30. 5.30. Getting to school at 5.30. That's the school the doesn't open up until when? School starts at 8. <laughs> school starts at 8. This man is there two and a half hours early preparing for his students, preparing emails, getting other work done, helping other teachers. I mean, that's the 200% he's talking about, going above and beyond. So now if you want to relate it back to sports, not only is he practicing, he's showing up two and a half hours early, getting taped up icing stretching getting his routine right getting up extra shots on top of that you stay uh after about how long usually when you were a teacher honest answer a good day you're looking at like six seven and what time does school get out (laughs) 245 so that's another four hours after i mean that's the dedication but that dedication pays off because now Kenny Farr is the principal at St. David's School. And what age are you now? 28. Just turned 28. Just turned 28. I mean, he's getting old, y'all. Don't get me wrong. He's getting old. But through his hard work, dedication, trying to better these kids, he has consistently put them above other things that I've seen throughout this. He's made so many sacrifices, and it's because it's his passion. He takes nothing for granted. And that's one thing I want to get across in this. He takes nothing for granted. And because of that, good things have happened for his dream, and now he's evolving. So let's talk about being a principal. I appreciate that, bro. Um, This is going to be my school year starts next week, and this is going to be my second year as our school principal. Um, It's just crazy because, like you said, teaching is something that I've always wanted to do. Literally, since I was a child, it's always been my plan. Um, I had it, it was pretty straightforward. I was going to go to college, do what I needed to do, get the degrees I needed to get, and I was going to be a teacher um, and be in the classroom with kids. And uh, 
it'll just be moments where you're just sitting there, you're like, you'll look around, you know, days when you when your classroom's all set up and you're ready for a new group of students, or on the last day of school when you see how much those students have grown um, emotionally, physically, mentally, socially, um, and you'll just look and you'll be like, it's crazy that this is exactly what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of people experience that. And it's totally okay if you don't know what it is that you want to do or you, you know, you have different options and you're trying to figure that out. 100% okay. Not everybody should have it all out. Um, I just feel blessed that I could look back and know that something that I wanted to do, I was able to accomplish. And I won't get into, you know, too much detail about it, but I was not supposed to be here. You look at the stats and you look at the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the childhood that I had, the upbringing you let the numbers tell it I wasn't supposed to be here. So it just, my message to every kid that comes to our school um, and anyone else is don't let anybody tell you what you can and can't do or who you're going to be. That's up to you to decide. And um, I, I think it was, I just think that part was huge. Being the principal is crazy. That was not in the plan. <laughs> um, we had a change of principals and... Um, at the time, I was the vice principal. I took on that role um, in addition to teaching. And I was the vice principal for two school years. And um, so I was heavily involved, we'll say, um, helping out the principal at the time. And uh, when that principal left, everybody looked my way and they were like, what you going to do, Kenny? Step up. We want you. We need you here. And um, that was not in the plan. But sometimes things don't. You can't foresee everything happening. I wanted to be with kids, and I wanted a classroom full of kids that I could help. And that's turned into having a school full of kids and parents, adults and students, who I could help make their experience better. The kids, because we have a product that's helping them grow academically, socially, uh, morally, and the parents, because they can rest knowing that their kids have a second home. So I fell in love with this role right off the bat. Becoming a principal at the school that I went to from kindergarten to eighth grade, um, sometimes words can't even explain it. And so now as the principal, my thing is now we have a school full of children who you get to get that message across to. And I get to bring in teachers who want to, who have the right morals, have the right values, um, and have those things that I wanted to instill in the classroom. They share that and I could help them get better at what they're doing to help the students. And it just it just puts me in a place that I, I just think is really, really dope, to be honest, because um, it's been real special. This last school year um, was something that I will always remember, my first year as a principal. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing it as long as that is the plan and then going even from there and see what else is in store. Yeah, that's awesome. You, you mentioned the numbers. You mentioned adversity and how this wasn't the plan, how you had to step up. Now, when you face adversity, because obviously as a principal, you deal with a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. And even as a teacher, your upbringing through hoops, through anything, you've battled all the way through here. It hasn't been a clean road. There's been a lot of ups and downs. But when you come across adversity, what is your mindset? Like, how, how do you attack it? You were forced to step up. Like, when that opportunity was presented, what was the first thing you felt and how did you work through that? One of my favorite things to tell people is it's not about the adversity that hits you. 
because in life, some way, shape, or form, adversity is going to hit every single one of us. It's not about that adversity that hits you, but it's about how you handle it. So it's funny you ask that question because that's always the mindset I keep. You know it's coming. You know that not every day is going to be perfect, and you know that things are going to come with challenges, big challenges, small challenges. You handle it in a way that you can be able to look at yourself at the end of the day and know that you did everything you can. If somebody in, mind you, St. David, yeah, it's a Catholic private school, but it is not some rich school that's sitting in a nice uh, neighborhood somewhere. St. David is a very, I call it a hidden gem. Um, We have a very low enrollment and the students who are there obviously love it, love the experience, but we have to work twice as hard as other Catholic schools and other schools in general because in a private school, you have to, you kind of get your, you, the amount of students you have is what keeps you going. So you could be the best school in the world, but if you don't have the students coming in, it's hard to, you know, lift that up. Not to mention it's hard to afford private school, yeah. um, you know, and we have a lot of students of color um, whose families just don't have the, the means to be able to, you know, uh, afford that. And so it, I just call it a hidden gem, but the biggest key to the adversity. So I say that to say coming to work every day, working twice as hard, um, not having a full staff. So having to be the person, that's the principal, the IT manager, um, the sometimes the janitor, sometimes the maintenance person, the marketing person, like wearing a bunch of hats, being there for the teachers. Um, I can go on and on. You have to keep the mindset of why you're doing it and you have to make sure that you're putting in all the work you can to make sure that at the end of the day, you did everything you can. You have parents come at you who aren't happy in every school. There's no school that's perfect. Parents will come at you with different concerns and different voices that they want to voice. Um, you treat them with the most respect possible because you don't want to get in. You, you don't want to get into a bad place with anybody. You want to do everything as positively and as hardworking as possible to be able to say you did everything you can. No, uh, I'm going to end the podcast on that note. Uh, do everything as hard as you can. Like I mentioned last week, if you're doing that, you have nothing to regret. Nothing. So I know my man Kenny Farr over here does that every single day. So I wanted to share his experience for have the opportunity for him to share it with you guys and express his passion. I hope you can hear it coming through. The radio, headphones, whatever you're listening to, man. So, Kenny, do you have any last words for the listeners? I appreciate you guys listening and um, always willing to collaborate. Um, It could be somebody listening to this who needs a mentor, who needs someone to reach out to for some sort of advice, anything like that. Um, Just know that I'm here. Uh, If you could find a way to connect, And uh, we just all got to keep looking out for one another. And uh, we need more people um, doing what it is that the people you hear on this podcast with Trey, um, fulfilling dreams, accomplishing dreams, and working to help other people. We need more of that. So if I could help anybody do that, I'm always down. And uh, I just appreciate you all for listening. All right, y'all. Although the hustle may change, the grind stays the same. We out. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information or tools, please visit HumbleEvolution.org.
If you would like to learn more about Kenny Farr or connect with him, please email humbleevolution13 at gmail.com. Until next week, keep grinding, keep evolving.